0: Well, again, good morning. Um, it's good to be with you today. Um, Advent is always a special time. And uh, I just, in a little prayer, may the, the joy of Advent lead us to peace on Christmas morning. Amen. Now, it's amazing to me uh, just how quickly uh, the Advent season comes. And how many of you are ready? This Christmas, you're ready. You got it all taken care of. Uh, any you know, are still going to be working you know, last hours you know, last jingle the bell or whatever um, I, I tend not to do that and at the same time I've, I've done it so I'm just saying that, you know I understand how crazy it gets as uh, Christmas gets close we are just two weeks away from welcoming the baby Jesus his arrival into our homes into our churches into our hearts of course, Jesus is always with us. But like children coming home for Christmas break, I many of you have college kids uh, coming home for Christmas break, anybody? Who was that college kid coming home? Boy, we're an old crowd, we're gonna have to work on that. Uh, but if you remember when your kids were coming home, or if you yourself were a kid coming home for Christmas break, that it was such a fun time to finally sit down and have a meal together uh, it was uh, an extra, extra special event when you welcomed uh, family or friends to, uh, for Christmas. But before we get to celebrate Jesus' arrival at Christmas, we need to also prepare for that special event. Uh, we want to make sure that somehow the baby Jesus uh, actually makes it to the special event. Now this is the third Sunday Advent and I am building a bit on last week's idea of wilderness living. We have uh, talked a little bit about what it means to be in the wilderness last week. My sermon suggested that in our wilderness lives, we have many bewildering things that come our way. We have contended with the pandemic for the last two years, actually almost three years now. We have also met challenges, especially the financial challenges of this time in our world, as well as relationships that have been under stress. And many other challenges that find us feeling this sense of separation from a little bit from ourselves, from each other, and yes, even from God. In our wilderness, there are many isolating perils. This is not a, a, a path that's smooth, this is not a highway that is smooth. This has been The sermon title is "Blooming in Wilderness," which suggests that there, that in spite of the isolation and obstacles we have faced in our wildernesses, sometimes a wilderness sees things that bloom, and we're thankful for that. But sometimes it is in the middle of wilderness times that new things happen that are good and bring a refreshment, and and that's a that's a good thing in the in this <coughs> in this uh. Reading from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah describes what seems like such an unlikely possibility. It's the return uh, from captivity. It's the Israelites somehow joyfully processing back to their home after long years of slavery. Now we can talk about that historically, or we can talk about that as an idea. That all of us, in fact, are people who have had wilderness experiences times when we have been captive to things, and times when God has called us back and invites us to journey with Him to a new place, a new reality, a new possibility. The wilderness of the dry land shall be glad, Isaiah says, the desert will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. This whole reading is filled with blooming images of new life, new beginnings, a chance to start over again. From hands that have been weak, from hearts filled with fear, from eyes that are blind, and ears that refuse to hear, it's an image of bodies, hearts, and minds being restored. But it's not just the people. God somehow allows things to be brought back to life that have to do with the whole creation. So Isaiah includes in his prophetic vision, waters that were once dried and deserts that were somehow uh, dried up become places of streams, and dry lands begin to flourish. Thirsty springs causing grasses to grow, and all over the creation, new life is bursting forth. And over all creation, God's presence brings joy and gladness and peace. Now, there is a reason I wanted to visit this incredible transformation with all the images of renewal and peace this morning. Because at the heart of the gospel lesson, we experienced none of that. The story of John the Baptist is at least unsettling, if not more, this morning. I want you to think about this. I want you to imagine yourself as a child. Not as a child who's never known the joy of Christmas. But imagine waiting for a real Christmas experience with family clothes and a table full of good things to eat, with parents, excuse me, with presents under the tree. Parents under the tree, that the by the way. Uh, with presents under the tree and love shared and hugs given. Imagine waiting and anticipating for that day to arrive. But when the day does arrive, instead of joy and love and good things, everything is taken away. Lost. And you feel broken. Abandoned. We meet John the Baptist in such a moment. The one who, like a voice crying out in our wilderness, finds himself in that very wilderness. not find a blooming of hope or the opening of eyes of sight. The hope John believed in is being swallowed up in his own impending death. Imagine this sense of despair that of all of your life you have been preparing others for the coming of the promised Savior but it seems that promise does not include you. Jesus begins to speak to the cross about John. Faith is hard is the clear message. The blooming of that faith is more than a promise of a life that is easy or one that is filled with with good things. In fact, it is more than likely filled with challenges. It's not about soft rolls and royal palaces sacrifice of all things and even as John is beginning to realize and discover even life itself so the wilderness in John's experience includes doubt at the deepest level to the very core of his existence John did not have the experience that we have had John does not sit in the same place that we sit, he did not have and does not have The resurrection promise as we know and as we have. And he is devastated. What Jesus tells John's friend to share with him may have seemed small to us today. But very insightful for John. It was enough for him. Go and tell John what you have heard and what you are seeing The blind see their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is that one who does not take any offense at me. We may, may not realize that all the people mentioned in that text are people for whom society believed were condemned. And of no value. If you were blind, you're blind because that's you, done, you did something wrong. If you were lame it was because you, your parents or someone, had done something wrong, God was punishing you. When John hears these words, he realized that God is a God who not only does not show partiality but opens the way of the wilderness and moves beyond it to new life for everyone. Jesus is recalling God's action of bringing new life to those returning from exile, from the very depths of, of sin and hell and everything else that we know. He is telling John that God's promise of forgiveness and new life is blossoming and bringing forth and that all are included including him. What is blooming in you today? Fear comes, no doubt hardships, but God is at work. God is a refreshing rain, a cleansing snow, a breath of hope, a promise that new life is at hand, prepared for us in the birth of the child and in all the ways that we are somehow to share in the good news that God is with us.